welcome back once again we are here dropkick basement uh for another session of uh pro wrestling antics questions comments um and we're kind of reliving some of the uh the past and 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 obviously uh you know trying to keep our eye towards the future of professional wrestling with this uh with this particular podcast um that we're going through today uh, more of the um the best of the best so uh bringing on board uh the certified of course um i'd be remiss if i didn't introduce myself um the franchise your franchise mike madden um and i've got my uh my co-host uh, the certified five, uh, Matt Geiger. Uh, Matt, are you? Uh, how are you amongst I'm, the living I'm today? Here. I'm here. Uh, very underprepared, like always. We're just going to keep that as a running theme. That is, is that um, is the running. We were theme. we were talking we were talking in between recordings about how uh, how ill prepared I always am, and mm -hmm. I did not read over any of the text messages that That's uh, great. we talked about. Yeah. So. I like how you show up to all the production meetings well prepared. Um, somebody who's also well prepared is the uh, our our other host, uh, Tommy Schultz. What I forgot what we what do we say your nickname was? Well, again? so that's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, steal the introduction here because in the in the previous episode we were saying that Tommy shouldn't get a gimmick, and uh, mm. I, I I thought the best that's way right. to not give him a gimmick but give him a gimmick would be to go gimmickless Tommy Schultz. So welcome, Tommy. <laughs> Bask in my non-gimmicks. <laughs> Bask in my... Eh. <laughs> Bask in my mediocrity. In your uh, black boots, black knee pads, black trunksness of it all. You're not allowed to be mediocre. I'm the certified five. <laughs> all right. So um, this, is a, uh, this is a Tommy idea. Um, take us through uh, your thought process on... This uh, this particular uh, almost I would almost say this is the gimmick of all gimmicks. Yeah. So uh, we threw out the idea of like doing uh, almost almost similar to the the snake draft idea of like a Mount Rushmore and not necessarily like a definitive Mount Rushmore of like the greatest wrestler of all time or mm. you know something hack like that, but. Well, Something more done, long, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone has, you know, pretty much the same list. Mm -hmm. So, unless you're me, it, and then test is on my top four. Oh boy. Well, yeah. <laughs> test, test. There you go. I see him in. Test, test, test. Spike Gladly for uh, for Matt's top four. <laughs> but but take take we know. <laughs> taking the Mount Rushmore. Uh, you know, idea and doing it in subgenres, and yeah. uh, a few of the ones I came up with. You know, we we'll uh, we'll throw those down the road, but this one more so is like gimmick matches. So mm -hmm. when I when I think of gimmick matches, I'm thinking of something that is going to mean something. You know, mm -hmm. the most meaningful matches that are either going to blow off a feud, lead to uh, a story going somewhere, not just, uh, you know, throwing together something to to have it and draw an attraction. It's more so let's let's come together, figure out the four most definitive I guess you would say gimmick or stipulation matches 
uh, it's a good way to put it in the history of our great sport. <laughs> um, so if, if you guys don't mind, I would like to uh, take the reins and go first here. Oh, oh. oh by all means, um, please. Now, now for me, <laughs> the like least prepared said, person know, wants to go first. Great. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, but also I think you guys have a lot more insight uh, to, to like the, the, the history of some of these things. So by me throwing them out mm-hmm. there, we can kind of get the ball rolling a little bit, but mm-hmm. also, okay. sorry. Um, but like Tommy said, like, you know, um, the idea of some of these matches is not just to have the gimmick in the match, but the gimmick is almost uh, like uh, like the exclamation point on a storyline or, or the icing on the cake that, that puts it over the top and gives it that, that much needed boost or, um, or, or, or importance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something, that, it's something that, that those guys have to mentally prepare themselves for. Um, it's something that that adds a, a, a ripple into like, you know, uh, like how the, how the story is going to unfold. It could, it could add a dimension that, that was needed for a certain spot in a match. Um, and, and, you know, it's more than anything. I think like, you know, when you think of some of the, some of the greatest matches or, or most memorable ma- matches of all time, most of them do have a gimmick tied to them. True. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most um, of the time, I mean, there are exceptions, but most of the time, uh, it the most memorable matches are going to have those gimmicks because this is the blow off, or mm-hmm. this is right. the culmination of the ultimate story that's been leading up for however long. These yeah, exactly. Two people or this right. group of people have been. Uh, at each know, other's throats and yeah, yeah definitely all right matt what do you got for uh for your mount rushmore of uh gimmick matches so yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna kick it off with i think what what would be considered as the most iconic gimmick match uh in the history of pro wrestling and if you think of like one one uh still shot where one um one moment that stands out as like an iconic thing that that even fans that people or people that aren't fans of wrestling um, know what it is. It's it's the cage match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know the when you think of a cage match, the first thing I think of is Snooker going off the top. You know, um, um, Magnificent Morocco. Yep. Right, and um, you know there, there's there's always there's always meaning. Not maybe not so so much anymore because you'll have a fucking cage match on Monday Night Raw yeah. between fucking Riddle and, and, and his fucking flip-flops. <laughs> but, um, but, like, but, but you know, when we were growing up and, and even superseding before that, you know, a cage match was a, was a big deal. And, yeah. and, you know, they would show, you know, the assembly of it or the lowering down. And, and, and you know, even, even in now, uh, some, like, as the cage is lowering down, you always hear the broadcasters talk about the iconic people that have been in the cage matches and, and the, the iconic finishes to cage matches. Um, it's always been something to me that, that, uh, you know, like if you got to see a cage match on a pay-per-view, it was like a real special treat, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, you, go ahead, guys. Like, like you were saying, I think that, uh, in modern, uh, the modern days of wrestling, uh, almost all gimmick matches have been completely bastardized. Bastard, mm-hmm. bastard. I don't know. Bastardized. Bastardized. There you, yeah, there you go. They've been pilmanized. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was one that in its heyday, 
And when done right, even nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to go on a soapbox, but the way that uh, AEW has used uh, the cage match in like their short history, I feel like they make it mean more because mm-hmm. they use it so sparingly. Yeah. Yep. There's been a handful right. and, of them. And every and single also- one of them have has been a long story that's been told and it's led up to something that yeah. needed this in order for these two people to settle their differences. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's and it's I the payoff. I, yeah. That that's due in large part too as as far as AEW goes to, uh, to the people running the show and the people booking the matches and the people involved in the matches. Uh, growing up in an era that we grew up in similarly where the cage match had meaning to it, so they don't want to overuse the idea just to get people to watch or, or, or you know, um, uh, to just to have a stipulation in the match. Um, and that's also, you got to remember, like, for them to use a cage match so scarcely and so meaningfully uh, while they're also throwing, like, arcade frenzy matches around, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, it, it's, it speaks a lot about, uh, you know, kind of holding holding certain things sacred. Yes. Um, while while still running your business and, and having fun with it. Like I said, you know, like, um, you know, they had the best friends against like Miro and them with with that arcade match. Like, they yeah. they're still having some gimmick match that that you're like, what the fuck is this? But <laughs> they're not they're not they're not downplaying the importance of some of the some yeah. of the higher yeah. higher levels. They're le- um, yeah they're leaving the cages for the for the real kind of sweetheart elements of it and and almost like the you know the culmination of as tommy was saying like it's a culmination of a long feud um fun fact about cage match um i think i've only seen one cage match live i i don't think i've seen any actually i'm i'll 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 circle i'll circle back to this later i gotta i gotta think but i've seen i've seen like indie show cage indie show cage not, not real yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i've seen like uh you know like uh bingo hall or the yeah the middletown vfw <laughs> <laughs> um now i i would be remiss real quick we don't have to discuss them but i just wanted to throw two honorable mentions out there mm-hmm. um the battle royale or, or in my in my opinion the royal rumble top tier um it's just it's you know, it, it has its own thing, so I kind of left that separately. Oh. Um, but also, like the Loser Leaves Town match, I think is iconic. Like, like with that kind of stipulation. Um, just, uh, you know, the, I, I I don't know too much. I don't have too much of a background on like Loser Leaves Town matches, but the implications are so high that, like, you know, it, I had to at least mention it. And yeah, I'll I'll just put a little bit of a of historian's point of view on uh, the. The loser leaves town as much. It's more of a stipulation than it is a gimmick match for sure. Um, that is, yeah. you know, your heel is leaving to go to a different territory. You need to figure out a way to get him out. Um, he's not beating your babyface champion or your your top guy. So you you know you build up to a loser leaves town, and it, it ends up being like, hey, you know, it, it, either you or me. You know, the old Wild West um, scenario. So that's more of a sti- – I think I would categorize that. And ever if we do a, a, a Mount Rushmore of stipulation matches, um, right, that right, ends yeah. up on my stipulation. So it's good to no- it's good to note it, and I'm glad you did because you know, I certainly would have made mention at some point of the loser leave town. But it's more stipulation than anything. Um, totally, totally. And that's so- another one that's uh, completely either gone to the wayside or lost its luster because mm-hmm. 
that was more of like in the territory days because you were going from one place to another yeah. for long periods yeah. of time. And now that there's essentially two major companies, if you are losing a loser leaves town match, you're going to show up again. And right, right. Then and, it means and, and nothing. WWE, WWE kind of uh, took the lackluster off of that by like, you know, having a loser leaves town match. And then Mick Foley shows up six months later as the yeah. GM. Or like a retirement. Or, like they, they, yeah. they, they, they kind of altered it into like a retirement retirement stipulation. Right, yeah. right, because right, right. there is no town to leave. <laughs> there's no town to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no there's not another town to go to. I yeah. think that I think um, they have like, you know, loser leaves Monday night raw and then it's like, oh shit, yeah, this guy's on SmackDown the next week. Night. And it's exactly. like Exactly. Yeah. It's the same fucking program. Get, You're working with the same fucking people. Fucking NXT for two yeah, exactly. Um so now my second one, I I think it's an iconic um, I think it's an iconic match, um, and it's very new as far as the history of wrestling goes. Mm -hmm. But I think it, the purpose that it serves moving forward it kind of um, sets the stage for what's going to happen over a full calendar year. Um, and, and it's interesting to see if it's going to be presented as, you know, maybe a um, a rejuvenation of someone's career or an upstart to a young guy's career. And that's the Money in the Bank match. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, and for me, the Money in the Bank match has always been fun because, you know, they, they always have this this unique mix of guys in there of, like I said, like class, uh, the classic top-tier guys, but then you'll have your wild card in there. Um, you'll have, like, a, a mid-card guy, and you'll have, mm -hmm. like, a guy like uh, um, Austin Theory, who, who just won it recently, uh, where, where you can kind of – use that that platform to propel a, a new young guy into um into the spotlight and see if see if people react well to him or if you're going to go ahead and give him that money in the bank contract it adds it adds more to the character of a new and developing talent mm -hmm. by um giving them the the um you know the the capability to catch in on a main event on a main event match uh whenever they want and and the way that they played it out over um, over you know some of the some of the cash-ins has been very fun to watch. You never know when it's going to come. Um, it took a guy like Dolph Ziggler oh, kind of propelled him. It took a guy like The Miz propelled him. Um, unfortunately, it also gets lost because somebody like fucking Otis will win it. You know, like um, oh, that's right. He did win. He did win at the one time. Yeah, completely forgot. Yeah. That. And, and, well, but he he won it, but then lost his briefcase to the Miz, it's and then Miz won the belt and then dropped it yeah. the next day. Um, hey. But I'm just like, you know, if you look at the history of the Money in the Bank, it's done a lot more to propel people mm -hmm. than than, yeah. it, than it has to hurt people. Um, you know, uh, guys like CM Punk in those matches, guys like Edge in those matches. Yeah. Uh, and, and and then you have guys like you know Sheldon Benjamin, um, Austin Theory, you know like uh, lower lower level guys that are that are getting a chance to um, work in these in these big spots and and do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I, I think that it was a very interesting concept. Uh, and correct me if I'm not wrong, but Jericho invented the match. Yeah, he it was his idea that he brought to Vince, and he said, "Well, you know, let's have a multi-man ladder match, and let's put something up there other than a title belt." So, right, voila, um, and and <laughs> and AEW kind of grabbed literally the brass ring and ran with it by having that that 
type of match mm-hmm. in, installed into their into their yeah. system as That's well. Good point. Yeah. I like it because uh, it's know, I, it's a it's a car crash. You know, basically yeah. you're, you're going to have like a 40 minute match where you know you got spot after spot. You've got the you know the traditional ladder match spots where two guys are climbing up you know the sides of the ladder and then they add other ladders and you know it really kind of like multi man ladder spots. Yeah, and, definitely. And it, all this chaos just going around all the time. It pushes the up the stakes. I, the one thing sure. that I don't like about the Money in the Bank match, uh, especially as a recent, mm-hmm. is. A lot of the times you just because of the way that WWE constantly moves their cameras around, uh, you you constantly see guys sitting on the outside waiting for their spot. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know ta- I mean? like, they're taking yeah, a that's nap. like they're any multi man match kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's nitpicking. Um my, the next gimmick or the next stipulation match uh that just that I, just to just to put a, a, a button on the money in the bank. Aside from how awesome most of the matches are, the cash in is right. Like, like th- dude, watching it's watching it, it Dol- not only is a great match, but then can tell a one day story or mm-hmm. a one year story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Coming like, out of it, you know, when is this person awesome. going to cash in? You know, like you want to see you. You can't wait to see what's going to happen. You can't see wait to see how they cash in. I mean, the um, end of thirty one is one of the all time and best endings to any pay per view ever. When Rollins seemingly I mean, cashes in out of absolutely yeah. nowhere. Yeah, nobody expecting it. He comes sprinting down like you think he's going to fucking pull a Titus O'Neil, and and instead he he cashes in and and it's the, one of the most iconic. No one saw that to, coming. To, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, like, like we said, like, um, you know, somebody like Dolph Ziggler, his career is defined by winning the money in the bank. Yeah. Like, I was at that one where he cashed in. I was at the Raw where yeah, he cashed in. Yeah, that was the, the, the. Which was like. Prudential Center, right? Yeah, yeah. Which was like one of the craziest pops that I've ever been. It's, it's, or, it's like I've second. It's second to only. It. It's second to only when CM Punk comes out at Money in the Bank in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but, you like. Know? That was so sick, and it sucks like where it went from there. But he'll right. always have that moment because right. But also like the, like Dolph Dolph essentially does not exist as anything besides a mid quarter if he doesn't if he doesn't uh, get that win, moment. win that money in the bank and then have that cash in like you know that that elevated him and kept him around for so long and and allowed him to establish himself as one of the you know one of the veterans in the locker room and you know a workers worker and all that you know. Yeah, for the most um, part, that is the match that makes the next guy. Right. It's uh, that's also, yeah. that's, when yeah, they that's also do why it I right. really enjoy it as well. Uh and, and uh because you know it's always fun to see who they're gonna pass the pass the torch to and mm-hmm. how how they progress and further build stuff like that. The um the next match that I'm gonna go to is it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh it's the TLC. Um mm-hmm. I was always a big tag team life. guy. I was always I was always a big fan of um tag team wrestling and and to a sense like the the aspect of a ladder match a table match a hardcore match and to take all of those and and so perfectly put it together and basically have the match be created to involve three tag teams into into a match and that that literally changed the the um the uh the the projection of tag team wrestling in, in wwf mm. And um, so you're and, when when you say a, a TLC match, you're you're specifically talking about a tag team TLC. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. All right. Um, 
it, just to clay just to so clarify many, that yeah. yes yeah absolutely absolutely I, um it adds so many different um so so much different dynamics to a triple threat tag team match as it is or even a, a fatal four-way tag team match or how about you know whatever whatever the stakes may be um but it adds so much more diversity that the the guys can come up with as far as creating the match and the things they can do um and and to see the first ever match the you know the first of a new type of match and to see it as a kid uh with you know edging christian the hardys and uh and the dudley boys like really going after it mm-hmm. was so cool um and it, it made it like it, i think that's one of the things that resonated with me for so long as to why i continued to enjoy watching wrestling even now as a 35 year old man man child yes that's <laughs> I, that's what i said right i just want to just throw that little bar back um, yeah and then um my last one just just to kind of keep it moving a little bit um the the seriousness of this type of match and and um the ramifications of going a full 60 minutes uh i'm Ooh. obviously talking about the iron man match okay. um they, they've only used it few and far between and and they only allow it to be done by certain people obviously because you need to command the crowd for a 60 minutes um it makes it that much more important uh and and you know um i i just think that the guys that have been put in those spots have taken it and ran with it and done so many good things with it and and there's so many iconic moments that come out of it and so many big time finishes that have happened and um you know it's kind of taken and elevated certain guys and and really uh been a staple to the importance of a gimmick that's all i got okay all right well i mean again it's uh it's a solid list. It's a good. Uh, it's a good foundation, and it's a little bit of a sleeper, like the whole, uh, you know, Iron Man match. Like I never, I, I, it didn't, it didn't make my preliminary plus my kind of bubbling under list. Um, I like the Iron Man match when done correctly. When done correctly, yeah. Um, that's a big. I, that's a big if. Too. Yes. Uh, I mean, the most recent one was maybe one of the best ones. Yeah, Brian and, and MJF but, did a great job. Yeah. The detractors of the Iron Man match make the point that uh, if you know how long the ma- the 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 unpredictability of a wrestling match Correct. is uh, mm-hmm. is what makes it exciting, and knowing that it's going to go a finite amount of time, and that you essentially only have to watch the last few minutes, kind mm-hmm. of takes the sting out of it. Yeah, and now that's yeah. that's as somebody who's watching it from a realistic point of view as if they're watching a sport right, and not right, trying right. to appreciate the art of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, right. Um, well, but also like, you know, you know that there's a finite amount of time being played in a football game, but, but you don't watch just for the last 30 seconds. That's true. You know, but, uh, but that's ultimately just devil's advocate on that. Ultimately, um, the, the theory of pro wrestling is who's going to win and who's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, like well, you're right because it's not like it's not. There's there's never been a the in between doesn't matter as the guy, much. Right, right. Um, and like there's never been an, there's never been an Iron Man match where you know 
the guys have three to one with a minute end. left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, or they like add not, five minutes. Or... <laughs> <clock run> out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like you're not going to see MJF running around the running around the outside of the yeah. ring for two minutes. Yeah, it's not going to be. Abide, it's right? not going to be forty-five nothing <laughs> yeah. with a minute to go. <laughs> yeah. I'd love. To, I'd but love to I see an say, Iron Man match. It's just a blowout. I, I've never, you know, and the, the thing, the thing that that I will agree with is, I do think that Danielson and and um, MJF was one of my favorite Iron Man matches because. They did something that I'd never seen done before, and what they did was MJF forfeited to to uh, a win to get two. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. essentially went from being down two nothing to uh, to being down three to two to you know kind of uh, separate the or, or tighten the gap. Yeah. Um, well, to, to and soften I, I'd always, up. I'd always, you're right. I had always wondered, like, you know, why nobody ever thought oh, of that. Excuse and me. Of course, it would be the one guy that's, you know, the manipulative um, <laughs> that, that, would, that would be able but to pull it off. Not only that, most of the Iron Man matches that are, uh, that have, you know, happened, they're posing two guys as these are two Iron Men who can, who can get the best of each other at the end of 60 minutes. That one right. was they, posed they, as Brian Danielson is the best wrestler on the planet. Can this guy last sixty minutes, even though he's the champion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, which right, was right. another wrinkle to him, it that I thought right. was, it was putting, awesome. It was putting. It was being almost being downplayed as like MJF needs to survive he, this to keep he's his title. The champion, and, and yet is still the underdog. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 It was a very interesting way to do all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that 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 would be my Mount Rushmore, my my top four. Um, and for as as um, as unprepared as I was, I think that went pretty that well. That was good. No, you yeah. did. Yeah, great job. I think I'll go next. Um, yeah, sure. And uh, I have cage matches on my on my list. I won't say much more about the cage matches, other than the fact that again, I I was only in one, only in one. I was never in a cage match. I'm a liar. Um, but I was I only <laughs> saw one in person live, and that was actually a weapons filled cage match uh, in a bingo hall of all places, the ECW arena, and it was the hottest uh, the hottest building I've ever been in, and it was Public Enemy versus the Gangsters. Oh, nice! And uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was Flyboy Rocco Rock doing the moonsault uh, with Mustafa stacked on two tables. Yeah, uh, oh, so they, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was in that was in like the the ECW TV intro. For, it was like, forever, time, right? forever, forever, forever. And uh, um, shout I out. will say that I mm-hmm. I do remember I I have been uh, I have seen a cage match live. I wish I hadn't um, because <laughs> of the cage match that it was. Um, it was Chris Jericho versus Dean Ambrose in the Asylum match. Oh, okay. Let's not count that as a cage it, match. It, it was fucking. Match. It was fucking terrible. That was the one with Tommy, the, the, the plant. I, I want you to watch it just so you can see how bad it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was when that was when Ambrose had the Ambrose Asylum, like his talk show. Oh and he yeah, just had, no, he no. Had the, I tuned out. Plant, I know? tuned out <laughs> yeah. hard for that. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I was with Richie and Justin at Prudential for that, and I think the main event of that pay per view was Big Cass versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, and ugly. And they, I mean, Did you demand or no, it was, no, 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 it, it, was, it was, um, was little bags of cash for everybody at the end, like trick or treats. It, it was either big cast versus Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns versus big cast. One of those two. Oh boy. And it was, I was just like the, the entirety of the, the best thing that happened during that pay-per-view was, was me and Richie home? calling, 
me and Richie calling um uh what was who's the guy that Jericho used to call the wrong name all the time? Tom Phillips. Yeah, we were calling Tom Phillips Mike Rome because he was like trying to hit on some girl on the side of the on the side of the um the the Titantron. <laughs> and instead of like saying hi to us, he's like giving this girl her number, his number, and we kept calling him Mike Rome. That was the best thing that happened the entire time. Wow. Just doxing uh uh Tom Phillips out there. Um, go for it. I, I was, listen, you know, I, I don't have any ties to the industry. I was going to say, uh, the shout out that I was going to give is my buddy, uh, white trash Chuck shout out to white trash Chuck. Um, the weapons fell cage match. He actually found a, like a full wooden pallet at the front door of the ECW arena and brought that to the people at ringside that were putting frying pans and Nintendos and shovels and all this other stuff. The pallet was not used. It was left in the corner, which was probably smart because um, it, it was big and heavy and, and would have been a mess to, to pull thorns out. So, um, so again, cage match makes my list. Uh, so that's, that's one. Uh, I actually uh, fall scout anywhere. Okay. It's a stipulation Love that it. it's been bastardized again. It's it's the type of thing that like you see now on like uh, I think you know AEW just had a false count anywhere like on regular television and, and mm -hmm. but when it was first WWE introduced, WWE uses it like a mid. They, they exactly they they use it mid card, but um, it was the signature match of Cactus Jack uh, when he was in his like very first uh, WCW run. Where he's wrestling yes. Sting. There's a great one. I oh think it like uh, Bash at the Beach one year. Um, Beach Blast. Beach 92. Blast with with Sting and Jack. That's awesome. Um, I loved look when they tried to incorporate that and they they made that part of the hardcore division in WWF, where you would have guys like pinning each other in the Mississippi River and <laughs> you know going all over the building. Um, that's really where it kind of like drifted into the mid card. But when used right and with the right opponents, um, it's exciting. It gives you, you know, a ton of spots that you can, you know, you can incorporate. Maybe not, not necessarily, as we were talking, like maybe it's not the blow off of the feud, but it certainly is a way of getting like the danger element. Like where are they going in the building? And, and the yes. if the announcers sell it the right way, it certainly gives itself, it lends itself to being um, kind of a dramatic uh, stipulation match or a gimmick match. Um, so I would put false count anywhere on my list. Um, I like a good old fashioned hair versus hair match. Uh, the, uh, it's a, it's a Mexican tradition. Um, much like the, See, the now, I, hair I versus mask. Well, it is a gimmick. Oh, you're, you're saying a stipulation, right? Well, Loser gets a haircut is like that. Certainly, is a stipulation I mean, that could I, be thrown in there. I would class. I, I'm cool with it either way. I'm not. I'm, you know. But when you're doing like, all right. So if if you go and watch old, um, well, even now, like I think there's current like lucha libre, where they're still using that as the blow off to like a years long feud. Oh yeah, where both guys like are putting well, their hair up like against mask versus hair, mask versus hair, yeah, career but, versus yeah, hair, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Um. They used it a lot in world class in the eighties. Um, where and again, one of my favorite matches uh, was it was Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams versus the Von Erics, and that was hair versus hair. And Chris and Gino ended up getting and the crowd. It said they're at um, you know uh, Texas Stadium or the it was the Cotton Bowl. It was the Cotton Bowl, and the crowd is going bananas 
because uh, Chris and Gino lost. And uh, they're like, they're trying to run away. And you've got all of these like baby faces coming out and like, and that's the big thing in Lucha, like is, is the baby face or the heel locker room comes out and they're able to like, you know, help in cutting the hair and, and um, so it's very like, again, it's, it's one of those culmination things and it's lost to time because it's not necessarily treated that way anymore because it's cosmetic business now. And it's, it's almost never done in, in the States. It's, it's hardly ever done in the States, but it's um, also the type of thing where you, um, you know, it's, it's like a loser leaf town where it's like, well, this guy's going to be on television. Like, is he ready to have his head shaved bald and yeah. be well, on that's TV? The, that's the other thing. It's like, like hair versus hair should be, you get your head shaved. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The, like the, like the 90, um, a good example of that is like the 98 uh, SummerSlam X-Pac versus Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. where yeah. they essentially just gave Jeff Jarrett a, like a better a little bit of a crew cut. Yeah. already yeah, had. No, it, has, it should be going down. It should like, be going down it's like, oh, you just got a good haircut? That yeah. seems counterintuitive to what we were trying to do here. Yeah, and that's, you know, again, that that's the type of thing that like, um, I maybe that's why they don't do it is like, hey, we, you know, we're on pay-per-view here. Like, we're in a time crunch you can because you're sweaty and because of all the elements or blood or whatever that's happening yeah you can't spend 35 minutes trying to cut somebody's hair in the ring after the after the stipulation especially if it's in the mid card um so again it's i i still would put it in like the pantheon of like of upper of crust, all time yeah absolutely of upper crust uh so, gimmick matches for me um as far as i'm seeing here the last time it was used in wwe was in 2010 and it was hair versus mask, punk versus Mysterio. Okay, and that was great because yes. you know punk was willing to get his because he was doing the head shave as part of the the cult gimmick. Um, right. He shaved his head, I, and then he wore the and mask. Then he wore the mask. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. actually because he was embarrassed that he got his head shaved. It yeah, was great. Yeah, I think the one of the stories was that they wanted to use punk was like, I want to use the mass superstars mask. And he like contacted Billy, the mass superstar, and he was like, "Absolutely not! I'm suing that company. You can't like use my mask on their TV. Like it's <laughs> it's gimmick infringement. I'm not going to sell it to you." And they had to go a different direction. Um, but my fourth one, uh, and this is—I mean, Matt said that this wouldn't qualify, but I love a battle royal. I, I, oh no, I didn't say it would. I didn't say it wouldn't qualify. I just said that um, I. it's not on your it's not on your list okay well i'm i'm putting it on my on my mount rushmore because i especially if done right a battle royal uh it gets your star attraction over andre got over for years for decades being the master of the battle royal or the king of the battle royal the battle royale after him yeah exactly you know um um and now they do it on a on a friday night before wrestlemania and consider it a wrestlemania match, yeah but. yeah <laughs> um but without the battle royal we don't have the royal rumble um right which is in a, again i think it's a whole, whole different category but i think just a classic battle royal where yeah and if the, it's uh, for a prize the, or for money or or a title shot right. or whatever is the easiest way to name a number one contender and God damn it! They should have one like every month, you know. Just do a battle royal. I, like, I mean, I, I I love the idea of battle royals, um, and, and it's a lot to do with like you know the um, 
the uncertainty, obviously, of who's going to win. But like, there's always, you know, the idea that there could be surprise participants and the mystery guy at number, you know, as the last entrant. Um, or mm-hmm. if they decide to kind of like propel somebody further into, uh, you know, from like from out of nowhere to like be the number one contender, it's it's cool to see how they kind of um, work work the the story through that. Yeah, uh, and it could add more. It could add more wrinkles or more more. Uh, side storylines or side plots because of that no doubt about it no doubt about it so yeah battle royal makes my uh gimmick match list so yeah my four is the cage match the falls count anywhere the hair versus hair and the battle royal which leaves us with uh tommy uh gimmickless give us uh, your favorite gimmick matches uh all right so uh playing off of yours actually uh the first one that i was going to talk about was uh the royal rumble mm-hmm. specifically because battle royals in to me battle royals in general like the genesis of the the normal battle royal you're getting too many people in the ring at one time and it's almost hard to watch sometimes mm, that's a good point and it's hard to follow. And the well now making the uh the Royal Rumble um have that ultimate goal and it propels somebody that's another thing, almost like the money in the bank. It was kind of the predecessor to the money in the bank of this is how you make somebody. This is right, yeah, yeah. Give them and and you not only make somebody by having them win and then they're going to go on to you know main event wrestlemania for the world title but you can have someone have such a stellar performance that that guy's then made coming out of it even in a losing effort Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i just you know the the time the surprise uh you hear the music someone's coming down it's it's I would say aside from WrestleMania, um, it's the way to get the casual and even non wrestling fans oh, yeah. interested <laughs> in wrestling is the Royal Rumble because you know, oh, you yeah. have you start your pools, you have uh that's, that's exactly where I was going with that too. Yeah. We watch it at the bar, you know, we we yeah. all get together, watch it at the bar, we have like five pools going. We have we have sixty year old women that do not watch wrestling at all cheering for for Whoever. Rowan to yeah. win the yeah. Royal Rumble. Right. <laughs> but but like and it's it's another thing where it's just it's become I would say it's become the most famous or infamous match mm-hmm. in all of wrestling nowadays, especially. Um, where everyone everything in that company it is built around the Royal Rumble yeah, and lights, where you go from there. Right, exactly. It lights the fuse for, for what should be the rest of the year and gets you set for the road to WrestleMania. And to like get that new chapter new chapter kicked off in that and again it still it, it still ties into the classic battle royal of yes. It's not that's just where it comes from. Yeah, yeah exactly. But. It's not just spot, 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 spot where like, you know, that's different. That That's where it sets itself apart from, let's say, like a TLC or money in the bank 
or even a cage match in that sense where it's got its own lane where it goes into where you've got a lot of slowdown portions, but the slowdown portions are, are intermittently, and that's what breaks it up is that there's another person that's coming in, in the next two minutes or minute and a half. So you're constantly on your toes thinking like, all right, well, who's this person? Um, is it going to be somebody good? Is it going to be an utter disappointment? And then again, the groans of like, oh shit, here's this guy again, or here's a great Kali. Yeah. Like it's going to take him oh, two yeah. minutes to get down to the ring. Um, but it, yeah, casual fans, it, it draw, it draws in somebody who understands a little bit about wrestling, but it's like, well, check this out. Like, you know, the guys are randomly coming in like, oh no, I'll stick around and I'll watch that. Um, I have the, 20 yeah, the, bucks. I'll, I'll, a, I'll take some numbers. So yeah. <laughs> a, a, casual, a casual fan, like for it, we had, we had a guy at the bar that was like, I, I don't watch wrestling anymore. Like I haven't watched that since I was a kid. We were like, you could win 300 bucks. And he's like, cool. I'm in. <laughs> and then exactly. he's like, you know, he's waiting for his number to come out and Randy Orton comes out and he's like, dude, I got Randy Orton. <laughs> like I, I remember Randy Orton RKO. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. But I will say my, my most, my most, uh, memorable or not, not memorable moment, but like, um, the one that I'll always remember as far as being disappointed with people coming out of the Royal Rumble. Um, we did a pool. We were at my father's house the one day. And um, my two numbers, my first number that comes out is Eric Rowan. And I'm Gross. like, well, that's a wash. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, it's getting a little bit later. There's guys filling up the ring. I'm like, my guys, whoever my guy is, is going to come in and wipe everybody out of this, out of this ring. There's like eight or nine guys in the ring. And the clock hit zero. And out comes sprinting our truth. Yes. And he immediately runs and grabs a ladder from under the, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. under the ring and tries climbing the ladder yeah. to win the money in the bank. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I, I think I left. I think I went home. I was like, I, I, I can't appreciate I like, the comedy I, like, in that. <laughs> I, I mean, we can go back and watch it, but I'll never, I'll never forget. Like, it's like, Oh, where were you when, you know, when that whole run was, hit? it's like, where were you when Orange Truth climbed the money okay. the ladder in the middle of a Royal Rumble? It cost me a couple hundo. All right, Tommy, what else do you got on this? Uh, yeah, so just, this Mount just to round that out, I think that like when I was thinking of gimmick matches, a lot of times you're thinking of the blow off to a feud, and otherwise, when you're doing the gimmick match that is seemingly you know just a bunch of guys in the ring. The Royal Rumble is the culmination of a gimmick match that it may not have a story going in, but there's always a story coming out. Yeah, that was a number and of stories, it, yeah. It, it yeah. really has it's I would say aside from the world title match at WrestleMania, it's the most meaningful match in wrestling mm -hmm. in general. For sure. Well, and sometimes sure. it does have a story going in like Oh, that's know. yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, somebody's uh, come back they, they or hit on Steve, they hit on Steve Austin or yeah. uh, Roman Reigns having to run yeah. the gauntlet at number one or Ric Flair having to run the gauntlet while being in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's 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 one of those those matches that like it's just forever iconic and ingrained in like just pop culture almost. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, the, now the other thing is it could also it's not it doesn't just affect the main event because, you know, there's tag teams that are in there or former tag team members that yep. are going at it with each other and it adds it oh yeah adds there's always to the stories for, for stuff like that too there's mm -hmm. always one or two off spins of things that happen in the rumble match that then yeah, two lead guys to a mania match yeah. mvp yeah. and um mvp who did he have that big uh, matt hardy maybe 
Yeah. Yep. Like where the, where they were just beating the crap out of each other, and they had like like seven matches, and like you know, and it it kind of it kind of um all it started and then uh, started before the rumble, went through the rumble, and then went after the rumble. But like they did, they weren't going in there to win the title; they were going in there to ruin each other's chance of winning the title. Yep. Was that right around the same time they were? Uh, a tag team too and then they like had a competition yes, where they were playing that, basketball yeah, and, yes i remember yeah. that and matt hardy dunked on on mm. mvp yep yep what a shame what a shame <laughs> all right i'm glad we ended on that <laughs> then we yeah. ended the royal rumble talk on, that's it on yeah. mvp getting dunked on that's it <laughs> all right so my number two was see i'm between like three iterations of this match and it's one that you both already touched on is the cage match. Mm-hmm. But to me, see, I'm between the two, the two that, so the regular cage match, obviously, and the war games match are like two. Mm. But I oh, yeah. personally think that prior to being completely bastardized by having its own pay-per-view and having like hell in a cell, hell in a cell. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, just the first one, mm-hmm. that story oh, yeah. that was told between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and then Kane getting involved and then subsequently Foley and Taker and mm-hmm. just yeah, Oof. the, the that's, intention. That's one of the most iconic matches of all time, too. That, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I would say, is the to, to non-wrestling fans, that's the most iconic mm-hmm. is Mick Foley getting thrown off the cell. Yeah, right. But yeah. Absolutely. But the Hell in a Cell, the intentions of it are, I think, the most diabolical invention mm-hmm. and spin on something that we've seen in a very long time. Because there was the cage match where no one could get in, no one can get out, but then someone could always get in and someone could always right. get out. <laughs> It's true. You can climb, and then they changed the rules to where you can climb over the top, which kind of defeats the purpose of what the cage match had. Yeah, and yeah. then, but then they had it surround the ring, and they put a roof on it. Mm-hmm. And as we saw, you got out of it. Yeah, yeah. But oh, at yeah. the same time, <laughs> some of like the craziest shit that you've ever Has seen ever yeah. came from that match, and they're some of the most memorable. Uh, blow-offs the 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 Mike like I said the Michaels taker taker Foley Triple H Foley I was gonna say like that that at, one underrated at, oh man oh my god yeah so good and I mean even some of the uh some of the ones that you have in between um with uh I think tri- Triple H and Batista had a really good mm-hmm. I mean there's like a there's a lot of them but I think that the cage match has a longer history, but if the Hell in a Cell was used correctly and they didn't, you know, do what they always do and kind of just oversaturate it, that could have been that could have been the most like meaningful thing. You do that once to make it a thing that happens once a year is what ruins it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. where you program everybody to be like oh yeah okay, right set your watch June, to a tell yeah exactly in tell in a cell we're month. going to build to a hell in a yeah. cell match yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of defeats the purpose of it i you agree. know what i mean yeah because the 
the whole point of being put in there is that these two people, the only thing that can contain their feud is this 16-foot-high structure that's completely encapsulating them in the ring, and there's nowhere else to go. You know, and now it's wild with weapons, and now it's, um, you know, again, you you still have a lot of... uh, And, I mean, some of the matches are good. They're they're fun to watch, mm -hmm. but it takes away the luster. That that would be my only attraction to it, was what they've done with it. However, the 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 idea and the theor like the theoretically, it's one of the coolest. Matches. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's the ominousness of the cell getting onto the cage and getting lowered, and and everybody like you know again the the from the standpoint of like setting up for that is there's a lot of heaviness to it, and there's. Um, you know, you, it's obvious, like, you're looking around, and, and you're, again, you look at the two opponents, and you think to yourself, like, as a wrestling fan, you're like, all right, Shawn Michaels has a ping pong ball. He'll bounce off of four sides of this thing. He'll try and jump off the roof and, and all the other stuff. So you know that that's Undertaker is a big, imposing big man, and but moves very agilely. Like, you're looking at you're sizing it up, and you're like, man, this is going to be great. Um, but even, like, even still, like, even though they're a little bit, you know, overdone now i still think like there are there are ways of getting back to the magic of them um, oh absolutely especially if something goes kind of wrong uh i think that the one that they had at wrestlemania with edge and finn balor because had they let oh, it go yeah. they let it go, let and be- it go and because yeah. he got split open in the way that he did um, it makes Finn look like, a, even though we lost, it makes him look like a million bucks at the end of it. Exactly. He took that beating and he came out and, on the other side of it. And with them taking the f- away that stupid idea of having a pay-per-view with multiple Hell in the Cell yeah, matches yeah, on exactly. it every single right, year. Right. When you do it once every you know, so often. Right, yeah. Do it, it really makes it special and yeah. means something. If you still need to do like multiple ones, but split them off, you know, have one in WrestleMania season, have another one in SummerSlam or Survivor Series time. Like, you know, it's, um, there's still ways of, and I think they're, they're being smart about it. There's ways of like kind of rejuvenating it as the be all end all the, there's no, you, hey, you could have a million different little stipulation matches in this feud up until the point where yep. now there's nowhere else for us to go. And it's, it's hell in a cell and you better have to, top caliber guys because i'm not going to watch like two mid card guys get in exactly that's the um, other thing was when they started like that was the thing with to me like i love cage matches but when cage matches jumped the shark was mm-hmm. when you're watching no mercy 99 and mm-hmm. rikishi is wrestling val venus in a yeah, cage exactly. match yeah. and you're yeah. like yeah, 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 what yeah. in yeah. the fuck have we gotten yeah. ourselves this, into? Yes. <laughs> there's never going to be a blood feud with pal penis <laughs> um ever you know even if the blood rushes uh, all the way the show, to palpenis palpenis oh even if even if all the blood rushes to his head um um real quick <laughs> just to tack onto that onto the um the edge and finn bauer match um even though it wasn't the most important story that was going on at that time the story was important and there had to be a a, uh, a blow off to 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 move them both into the next, you know, I guess into the next um, phase of the year. 
Um, and the one thing that I did like that that they did, what and we kind of grazed on that, was that they allowed the match to keep going. But the smart way that they did it while trying to work the match and without, without stopping the match entirely, um, changing the camera angles around mm-hmm. so the doctors could look at Finn. And Finn was definitely in that ring like, no, 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 staple me up right here. I'm going to finish this match. And then Edge kind of taking it into his own hands and, and, and um, kind of – uh, navigating the cameras and making the fans pay attention to what he's doing mm-hmm. so that Finn could get stitched up and, and keep it as part of the match. You know, when, when, when me and Mike were watching that, I think you stepped away for a minute. And when you came back, I was like, I think Finn split open and like, it's not a work. And like, we, we talked it and then we like, I'm like trying to go back and figure out the point where he got split open. Mm-hmm. And at, originally I couldn't tell when they stitched him back up like we had to go back and watch it again yeah they do a good job so that was that was really good yeah they've got they've got ways of shooting those matches too like and again that's that's the other element of the magic of it is they shoot it where you know you can you can hide the funny business <laughs> yeah you know and make it make you believe um so that's excellent uh hell in a cell uh you got two more tommy all right so number three um, I think this is the actually so coming off of Hell in a Cell, which I kind of feel like lost its luster a little bit. I feel like this is a match that's underutilized and is one of my f- is maybe my favorite gimmick match. Mm-hmm. And that's the dog collar match. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> Ooh, um, how did I miss dog? How did I miss dog collar match? It is. I mean. The br- the sheer brutality of a dog. There is no pretty way to do this. Yeah. yeah, this is just two or four guys who are chained together by their throats, beating the ever living shit out of one another. <laughs> everything can they go wrong. Fucking hate each other. Yeah, everything everything can go wrong. Guys are gonna like. You know, uh, Roddy Piper loses cartilage in his from from taking a beating and a whipping with a with a, a, a chain, like loses cartilage in his ear, and um, you know they're usually blood bats, and they're you oh know, yeah. If a, you know again, somebody loses their footing, and all of a sudden you're dragging two guys in with it, and it's 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 meant to not look pretty. No, uh, it's yeah. a it is a uh, sheer brawl. Yeah, but yeah. The, the beauty of it is you're stuck. You're stuck to your opponent. <laughs> right, you can, you There's cannot, no way you, you to get away. Escape. You can't Regardless be, like, of how bad you're getting your ass kicked. Like the, is, the idea of trying to play 12 feet away shit. from you yeah. at all yeah. times, and you can't yeah. get away from it. Like the, yeah, like the idea of trying to play chicken shit, uh, you, can, you can get away with, but you can only get away with it for so long. Um, and, and it works so well in, the, in in a dog collar match because by the time they do actually get their hands on them, you're like, oh yeah, now now it's fucking going down. Because not only do you have the heel who, in all other circumstances, would try to escape mm-hmm. in a situation like this, yes, no, it's not to go. possible. Yeah. But now, not not only that, but the reason that you're connected to one another is also a weapon that can be used yep. for your advantage or, or against, against you. you. Yeah, yeah. Right. And <laughs> you have to plan all of the things that you are going to do around the fact that you're connected to this person. Yeah. 
it is it's it when done properly it's the most beautiful work of art that wrestling can provide because you can tell so many different stories in with with just two two straps of leather and a, a a uh, a chain 15 feet of chain yeah it's funny too that yeah. um that you think about it and it's like it, and i'm just going through like the times that i've seen dog collar matches it almost makes sense for it never to be to uh, yeah i mean they're going to be top tier guys they're going to be main event guys but it I think there was one in ECW that was for the tag team titles with the Pitbulls and Richards the, and Raven. Yeah, the double dog collar. Yeah. yeah. And that's a that's oh, a yeah. great match. It's cuz it's Oh my god. it defined ECW at that time. But it shouldn't be for a title. This should be this is bigger than belts. Oh yeah. Yeah, know? it's a blood it's no. a bloodlust match basically. Yeah. Yeah. And now the only one that it fit was the most recent one with That's uh, that's what I was going to say. MJF R. and Punk. RIP Jay Briscoe. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, what well, I, I forgot. Shit, that double dog the collar match. FTR, yeah, easily oh, the yeah. best match of Holy last shit. year. I did mm-hmm. forget about that. That was the best match of last year. Yeah, like that's like unequ. There's no question about that. Yeah, they they and again, it's 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 just sort of like the idea is there's nowhere else for us to to go with this. There's nothing else. There's nowhere. There's nothing else we can do. We have to be stuck to one another. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we just have to we have to fight it out. And it fits again. It, it, it certainly fit the the Briscoes characters and the, and their mentality, but it lent into and again like just because FTR they're not Pretty Boy tag team by any stretch of the imagination, but they're more of a finesse tag team. So they're the ones that have to kind of go in there as sort of the fish out of water. Like what are we getting ourselves into? Um, but they they brought the same intensity to it and they understand that again, cause it's two guys that understand the history of pro wrestling. And they're like, well, if we're going to be in this scenario, we gotta, we gotta fight for our lives in here. Yeah. Um, this is the same thing I would say to MJF and punk. Uh, oh my God, yeah. I, a that, year yeah, ago. That's the one that I was thinking of. That's another where, incredible match. And, but that's where the pathos of it comes in where it's like, well, you know, in the, in the promos leading up to it, like punk wants to have the dog collar match and, and, you know he's he's pulling the the worst elements of MJF's you know uh, narcissism out of him, and he finally gets him to, to agree to do it. And again, MJF steps up to it and is like, "If I'm if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this a hundred percent. I'm not going to run from this. I'm not going to Larry Zabisco myself, you know, out to ringside and and stall, stall, stall. It is like here we are. We're here for this." Um, so that's, I mean, that's, it totally slipped my mind, the dog collar matches. So, um, so I thank you for, uh, for, for adding that to the list. That's going to be very important. Um, where do we go with your last one? All right. Well, my real, last one. real quick, I oh, just want, yeah, yeah. I would just want to add one little more, one little thing to this. Um, we were talking about how, like Tommy said, he thinks it's underutilized. And I think the biggest reason that we haven't seen many dog collar matches over the last couple of years is because for so long WWE was the only show in town, yep. and they wouldn't do it. Yeah, they yeah. they refuse to do it anymore 100%. because they deem it as something that's unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it 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 really is a very very dangerous match, and it takes the, the right people to pull it off. Um, and you see evidence in that, like you know, like there always used to be those guys that would get hung over the rope with the chain and pulled up, and you know, 
WWE is not going to take that chance. Nope. They're, they're, they're very protected, and, yep. and that's why we haven't seen it for so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the unpredictability of it certainly is something that uh, that the, and I mean, the majors along, would keep Along away. with the dog collar match, you get the, you know, the 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 similar gimmick is the you know the strap match which they did they did pull yeah. they did do a lot because it's uh, a much safer thing to do mm-hmm. you know you're connected by the wrist and whatever yeah but I just I don't think that that has the same uh, the same uh, meaning like it it just doesn't pull the same emotions out of you uh, as a fan watching oh not at all because no. you know that uh the the danger and 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 then when they would do the straps where you had to touch the touch four the four corners, corners. i was just gonna say like the yeah, four corners like, it's the stupidest thing yeah, in the world yeah. i'm dragging this guy then we're stopping at the four corners now we have to restart yeah. it it's just yeah. very wonky so yeah I, I would definitely give the uh the dog collar the edge in that one um totally right. agree. Yeah. and then uh the, my my number four is definitely not on either of your lists or mm-hmm. probably honorable mentions uh, but I will give you one honorable mention before I give uh, mm-hmm. my fourth pick, and that's uh, the I Quit match. I think um, when done, again, when done properly, mm-hmm. the I Quit match is uh, a great uh, gimmick. But um, I think now this is something that we're probably you're never going to see anymore in mainstream wrestling, and uh, it's it may be overdone now on the independent circuit. But in its heyday, when done properly, to blow off a feud, the no rope barbed wire match oh, is one of the most oh, yeah. effective yeah. gimmicks that you could ever have. One hundred percent, one hundred. Yeah, I, I think of like uh, again, ECW was probably the only ones in North America that had done it in the nineties. Um, oh yeah. Well, I mean Puerto Rico. Well, in Puerto Rico of, did like, it. On, on a on a on a major level, yeah. ECW for sure. Yeah. I mean, you could find you could find them in uh, you know CCW, IWA Mid South. You know, well, yeah, like they, the, they, like they those indie shows and stuff like that. Yeah, they became a little bit more prevalent uh, in the early part of the two thousands when everybody was sort of like, all right, well, you know, our company is going away. We yeah, need exactly. something to replace it. And then they got a little bit crazier than yeah, they were doing. And, but I do think like um even in I, Japan though, going you when you when you look at uh FMW, yeah. um the shit that Onita was doing over mm-hmm. there, um IWA, the the to me, I mean, aside from Terry Funk and Sabu, which is I mean Brutal. one of the most uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. things you'll watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, born to be wired. It's thirty uncomfortable minutes um, of just Terry Funk essentially stuck in barbed wire, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, they, 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 they he can't move. They had to cut him without, out a couple times, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, the match they just stopped. The match just stopped. There was yeah. no winner or loser. He just got stuck in barbed wire. And, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you look at the shit that Onita was doing. But mm-hmm. to me, the best no rope barbed wire match of all time: IWA Japan. Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, yeah, in a building that, in Mick Foley's words, was uh, below zero. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could see and, their breath like on the stage beforehand. Yeah, and had about thirty-two people on the crowd. Put on one of the most incredible 
heroic performances I've ever seen in my life. Those two guys in front of no one to blow off a feud that they were having in IWA put on an incredible and barbaric performance in a no real bar bar match that most people and and then you could even look at the uh the king of the the uh the king of the death king of the death matches and yeah yeah the original king that of the torn- death the matches. tournament with um yeah. uh who was it uh, which matsuniga and uh geez fucking terry gordy was in that yes um yeah uh, uh tiger Tiger Jeet Tiger Singh, Jeet Singh who I think he was like, chasing people with a sword yeah. and um, Mr. But, Pogo and like yeah I mean there's a lot of guys that that certainly in that um that mid 90s like the FMW and one of the big points that I'm going to I'm going to say about those like especially like the the no ropes barbed wire exploding time bomb death matches because they had and and they were miking it up so you could hear the uh the C4s yes because the well, that was the whole thing. It's like there's no post production to be done with this, no. where they're going to add those bangs in afterwards. So um, not only are you hearing like the the pops of the C4s, you're also hearing, you know, how they're taking the bump. And again, there's a language barrier with a lot of guys, so you're hearing a lot of like, and they're going into the bar bar, and you're hearing a lot of like the grunting and like real reactions of like oh and you can hear terry funk like saying oh motherfucker and like and 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 yeah and when you're watching these shows on tape you know there's no com there's either no commentary or it's in japanese and it's light japanese commentary too like you have no idea what's happening Mm -hmm. and so all you're hearing and i'm not i'm not even talking about like the king of the death match ones where they add even more stuff i'm talking about just straight up no rope barbed wire Mm -hmm. yeah you are you're seeing people through like human beings thrown full force into barbed wire in in the in the Mick Fo- in the Cactus Jack Terry Funk barbed wire match Mick Foley takes the hangman bump yeah. that he would take right. between the ropes where he lost his ear between yeah. two strands of barbed wire what a maniac <laughs> i mean it's just it's what? Hard. nuts what it, 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 yeah, again, in front of thirty people, he's making a decent payday because they flew him out to Japan, and you know he's you know uh, he's a top guy in top talent. He's working with Funk. It's a big it's a big deal for him historically, but it's also like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like yeah, you're, no. you're yeah, doing I mean, you're doing an fair, upside down. To be fair, those two guys would have had that match with zero people in the, yeah. in the crowd. True. Yeah, I mean they're 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 artists in that sense, but um, but yeah, I mean. In general, just the stipulation, even when it's not done on like a grander scale, because uh, I, I mean, I've been I've been to I've seen a lot of them in person mm-hmm. because I just, you know, I go to a lot of like uh, these indie deathmatch shows and shit like that. And so when you see them, you know, kind of done for no reason, it it's more of like a spectacle. Yeah. yeah. But in the situations when they're done right, like. I know uh, a, a lot in like CZW, which, you know, maybe not a lot of people have seen, but they would have like their their world title, which is not like a deathmatch title. Mm-hmm. They would have them blow off a feud in an overall barbed wire match with guys who don't typically do death. Exactly. Matches. Yeah. And those yeah. are the circumstances where that match means so much because it's like this 
is the most gruesome thing mm. you could possibly do. And this is the only way we're going to solve this problem yeah. is by going into the situation where we surround the ring with the same material that we use to herd cattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and to just to piggyback that point with CCW, like I, I do remember, um, I, it may not have been a, uh, barbed wire rope match, but just to drive that point of like, um, like how serious their blowoffs were like, or how serious it was to have that type of match. Um, I remember Shane Strickland before going yes. to NXT, one of his last matches was in CD, CZW, and he was. They asked him after the match, like, "Why? Like, you don't do this. Why did you decide to do this?" And he was like, "I just needed to prove to myself that I could work this and make and make it make sense." Like yep. he was like, "If I couldn't, like he was like, if, if I couldn't map out a match that didn't make sense doing this, I wouldn't have done it." Like he wasn't just doing it to have a barbed wire match. He was doing exactly. it because he wanted. He wanted to prove to himself that he can he can ha- first of all participate in that kind of match, but also make it make sense for him to be in that kind of match. Yep, it honors. It, that's the other thing. It, it honors the company that you're working for. That you're you know kind of a cruiserweight or you're a flyer or you're a light heavyweight, um, an aerial guy, a spot guy, whatever it is. If you say to yourself, "All right, well, you know." I'm honoring the stipulation and I'm, I'm going to wrestle on this. I'm not going to shy away from it. Uh, the fans here are expecting that on my way out the door that I'm, I'm going to do one or the fans are expecting if the feud or the escalation gets to that point where it's, it's really fever pitch that we're going to have to have this no rope barbed wire match. Um, again, I go back to, to what I had mentioned before, Puerto Rico, yes. um, WWC, uh, a lot of their blowoffs were, they, yeah, they would do the cage matches, they would do lumberjack matches, and 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 all sorts of stuff. But it inevitably would end up being Abdul the Butcher and Bruiser Brody in a barbed wire, no ropes, barbed wire, or even if they had it, ropes. Yeah, they, you know, the, the barbed like wire, the would, barbed would, wire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They would they would spiral around it around. But I mean, that's still just as brutal because. Oh yeah. You know, here's Brody and and Abby are. Basically, like they they know what they're in for. They're scarred up. They're beat up. You know, they're they're wild men and monsters anyway. So why not, like you know, take it to the to that next level and and throw themselves into barbed wire and like and you know, you look at Sabu's body. You think about yeah. like oh, the career that he had and he was doing barbed wire, uh, no rope barbed wire in uh, FMW long before he came to the states and. Uh, and it really just, it's sort of like badge of courage, I think. Yes. Uh, and the guys that, that ended up in the nineties, uh, or I should say in the two thousands indie scene who grew up watching Sabu, who grew up watching guys like, uh, when, you know, then we do it in ECW and, and it's cactus and Sandman yeah, or, or, yep. or cactus and, uh, or a Sandman and Raven or, you know, however, like they did again, they, they did it sparingly, which was good. Although, like, somebody would probably tell you, like, oh, ECW was all, like, tax and barbed wire. And yep. it's like, they probably only had about four or five barbed wire matches out of, like, the, the almost 10 years that they were around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's gruesome, it's unpredictable, 
and and it, the psychology that they build around that's the other side that. of it yeah the, because you you know when you no longer have the ropes mm -hmm. you have to oh yeah you know, your the, body the has to control the game that they're yep. playing back and forth yeah with, you know the typical uh you know trying to do an irish whip and all that kind of stuff or that, even that something goes as, out the window even something as simple as a chin lock when you're close to the ropes they used yep, to do this backing in them in so they would do the um in the nwa when they when they would have the no ropes or the why well, I, I guess rope barbed wire whatever whatever you know iteration it was it would be you know so the heels got you in like uh you know a rear naked choke not a rear naked choke but like you know what i'm talking about like a, yeah. a reverse chin lock and they're they're sliding your body and the baby face is is getting a little bit closer but he'll stick his hand out and he'll feel the the yep. the the ping and then recoil it sell it and then you know get the advantage and then he shoves the heel in there and you're off to the races um from there so yeah i mean it's there's a drama to it there's a there's a delicacy um especially the early you know early goings in a match so it certainly gives it it's way different than any other type of stipulation match that we've that we've covered here maybe other than like the dog collar match as far as brutality so um now that we all have four i think um first of all you know i'm gonna i'm gonna put i hate to say it tommy i'm gonna put hell in a cell and the cage matches together no no i i understand that yeah. um i i differentiate them only because there's been uh, so much of a, a long story oh, sure, history yeah. with the cage match yeah. and the Hell in a Cell is a, a much newer thing, but essentially, I mean, you could even throw War, war Games. games. I was going to say, like, to. yeah, right. if, if if you wanted to, to to really make it a a a deal, like you would you would have War Games as its own thing, and I could talk forever. Well, eventually, oh, we'll yeah. we'll break down. We'll we'll have a, a an episode about favorite War Games matches down the road. Um, yeah, the cage match Hell in a Cell combo is the only one that um, either any of us or all of us, because all of us did have it on the list. Mm -hmm. So that, that definitely stands by itself. Yeah. Uh, as like the, the, the short shot that definitive on, on the, the combined Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I like also putting the Royal rumble in there. Cause I do see uh, the point of the Royal rumble being I totally agree so well. important to, uh, the kickoff of a year and so important to different elements to um, what make your, you know, your most important feuds go and what gives them a little bit more juice. Um, so those would be there. I'm going to, I'm going to say uh, money in the bank would be in, in on the Mount Rushmore as well. And then I, I would say the fourth, uh, I would throw in the um, the barbed wire rope uh, match. I think so. Yeah, because again, you've got history there, you've got um, brutality, and it, it is a gimmick. It hits, it hits <laughs> a different on a different level than anything else that we've talked about. Yeah, it's def it's definitely. Uh, I would say it, like uh, of a blood feud that is. It's the the, the most That's radical the most way to go. that you can go. <laughs> yeah. in, in so, like uh, that's been in the, in the modern, the modernized or um, popularized form of wrestling. Yeah, that we've seen. Well, you know what I mean? It's paying a nod to um, to some of the stuff that people might not know as much about because, like, I, I kind of let you guys take the reins on that, run with that. But mm -hmm. I do know the importance and and and. Um, 
severity or the the meaning of having that mat that type of match. Um, so yeah, I mean, cage match, Hell in a Cell, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, Barbed Wire. Uh, those that would be the collective Mount Rushmore for us, I believe. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, and, I, I th yeah, that the barbed wire. I would say the barbed wire uh, or dog collar match. The dog collar match, I would say, is more um, has uh, more of a history with uh, the mainstream wrestling audience mm -hmm. in terms yeah, of. Yeah, but we're not necessarily the most mainstream that, guys. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, but let's. Yeah, the, we toss one in for the hardcores. Yeah. And, and listen, I could have got way. Way crazier with all the crazy death matches. <laughs> oh, I sure, watched. yeah. yeah um, so listen, I've seen tattoo needles get drove into somebody's forehead. Yeah, so. yeah. Really. Uh, I think some yeah. of the ones that we missed on the list, and maybe for good reason, I think lumberjack matches suck. I They're, swear to God, I've Mike, never I'm seen a good one. I'm just going to bring that up as one that would never be included in any list I will ever make. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Lumberjack matches are 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 pretty terrible. Um, I do think that I quit matches has has a place. I do. Yeah. Um, right. Well, that's... I mean, you know, that's 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 for interpretation. You know what I mean? The, here's the one thing I will say: like, if if I'm gonna like out of all the gimmick matches I've ever watched or seen, if I'm gonna pick like one of my Best. favorite matches ever, yeah. it's Tully Blanchard and and Magnum TA and the yeah. I Quit at Starcade '85 because that is. Again, it's brutal. It's a blow off. It's uh, it's the heel getting his comeuppance. It's it's all the all the things that you look for. Um, there was another one that I was just I was kind of thinking of that I it just it blanked out and um hmm. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of it down the road. Match, uh, possibly of all time was the the ending with uh, with Foley. Oh, with where he, yeah, him and the Rock. In the oh, jeez, I can't oh, watch yeah. that match because, god damn it, Jack takes Those a fucking chairs, beating. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so brutal. Like it's it, like it's still, <laughs> and it just knowing the consequences of of how bad he. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that like, hey, brutality is part of pro wrestling. It, it's going to happen. That was it, too much. It's inevitable. But that, children are in the front row. That was that yeah. was way over. Yeah, it was, was a bad decision by him. Also, to go that Mike, crazy. I'd be remiss if, if we didn't bring up the fact that um, I haven't had much homework over the last couple of shows. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Which is usually something that we did do. But I, I, I kind of want to throw this out to you guys. I know Tommy has probably seen it as much as I have. But the thing that really got me back into modern wrestling um, mm -hmm. when I when I was uh, kind of getting back into it right after the, um, the Ruthless Aggression era uh, and what got me into watching more and more of like um, not just WWE uh, uh, programming was uh, I want you guys to, to kind of go back and watch some, um, some Lucha underground because I think oh, that, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys are doing big things now and it's kind of cool to like look back and you don't, you might remember a character, but you might not remember, you might not have realized when you started watching it, who that person is now. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm gonna see if I can get my hands on some of it. Uh, oh, it's actually uh, Tubi. Yeah, Tubi's got a channel for Tubi it. Tubi has all all three seasons and uh, for free. So yeah, somebody I, else, I think Netflix had it too uh, for did, a little they while. Took it down. They, did. Oh, they took it down. They took it down. Okay. No, it's it's interesting. On, the 
the Tubi. Tubi app. If you download the Tubi app, there's no subscription or anything yeah. like that. They have all three seasons for free. Oh, free free awesome. plug for so, Tubi, by the way. Yeah, hey, gonna, Tubi, yeah, if you want to be a sponsor. I'm, I'm probably going to watch a little <laughs> bit of that tonight. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, I, a solid episode all around. Of course, yeah. If you if you could if you could uh, so of of your favorite uh, gimmick match that you chose, if you could recommend oh, one okay. of the one That's of the look at you know four stipulations that you chose from, what would be one of the ones that you would uh, recommend that we watch? Um, I, I would say I, for sure. I mean, obviously the the first ever TLC match is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, there's millions of cage matches that I'm sure you guys could talk way more about than I could. Um, well, that's yours. Yeah, yeah would, you're would, you're saying that, that if, you're if saying if you're, the TLC. If you're a younger fan, yeah. watch. If you're a younger fan listening, like, go back and watch that original TLC match because you'll see you'll see how these guys really jump started their careers and 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 made it made a name for themselves. And you'll see guys that you didn't realize, you know, were were up and coming at the time, like. You know, Edge, who some people might not even remember being a tag team wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Tommy, what's on your? What would be on your recommendations? Okay, so uh, I, I mean, everyone. I, I assume everyone's seen all the Royal Rumbles, and the Hell in the Cells are pretty accessible. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if I had to go with, uh, I, I would go with no rope barbed wire match, and yeah, it has to be. Um, Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, uh, IWA Japan. Um, if you've never seen it, please. Yeah, it's from like November. I want to say it's from like November of nineteen ninety five. Ninety five. Well, it might have um, been summer ninety five. I think. Yeah, it's 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 in the it's in it's in nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. There's about thirty people in the crowd, and <laughs> the two of those crazy sons of bitches put on a show for. Uh, years to come yeah it's it, it, it's always wild i'm gonna out of mine out of mine um geez mike's gonna pull out some georgia southern you know <laughs> <laughs> watch main man texas uh terry uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh, i have some i have some breaking news Rest in peace, superstar. Brother. Super, uh, yeah, I, I read that oh, on man. on Twitter as I was uh, yeah. as I was going through. Um, I wish I had a Billy Graham match that I could recommend uh, in any of these. Actually, Billy Graham and Dusty from uh, Madison Square Garden they had a they had a bull rope match, which is banger. There you um, go. But out of my picks, uh, man, I don't want to I don't want to have two Cactus Jack matches because I would I would say false count anywhere, Cactus and and Dogs, Sting, dude. but. You can't go wrong with a cactus jack. I know, match. I know, it's great. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I don't want I don't want to lean too much into the cactus jack. I'm gonna go uh I, I would say uh just because the crowd heat is incredible, uh world class from uh eighty five Kevin and Kerry Von Eric versus the dynamic duo Gino Hernandez and uh gentleman Chris Adams. Crowd heat's incredible. Uh and the just the, the like the horror on Gino and Chris's uh, faces when after they lose the match and they know they have to get their head shaved, um, it's it, it's it's great it's great heel work, and uh, rest in peace Gino Hernandez rest in peace, ninety uh, percent of the Von Erics, 
um, and, uh, and, and now <laughs> Billy, Billy Graham, and now yeah, Billy Graham, yeah. uh, the man who uh, launched a million uh, a million uh, imitators. So, um, with that being said, uh, that is our uh, that's our gimmick matches, and uh, and we're sticking to them. Um, once again, the co-hosts uh, with the the co-hosts with the co-mosts, um, solid five, certified five, uh, Matt Geiger, and uh, gimmickless uh, Tommy Schultz. This is uh, this is Mike Madden uh, speaking on behalf of everybody. We hope you have a uh, a great night, and uh, and we will hear from you soon. <laughs>